my name is Allison Packard, and you are listening to the FSF Podcast. We came, we saw, we failed. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Redshirt crewman number 2013. She'll know that when she puts on the red shirt and joins the crew of the Enterprise in their struggle against incoming trucks that she didn't leave her family destitute and without hope because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has her back and what's left of her paws of fury. All right, guys, our guest today is an amazing voice actor and a podcaster as well. We're even going to talk a little bit about her music as, uh, today also. Now, you may have heard her as the voice of Toodles, Coco, and Dove from the Tom and Jerry Show. She's the voice of Rosalind, a.k.a. Rose, from Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Josh from Rugrats, Jibanyan from Yokai Watch, and a whole passel of other animated and anime shows, video games. Yeah, the brand new uh, Black Maria, which is now airing on One Piece. Yay! There you go. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, and we mentioned a podcast that, of course, is Allison's Wonderland, which takes you on a journey into the world of voice acting and those that she's worked with, and those whose work she admires, stolen right from her page. I, you know, I didn't write anything that cool. That was from Allison. So we are very excited to welcome Allison Packard to the FSF podcast. Welcome to the show, Allison. What's going on? How's it going? Dandy, dandy. So glad to have you, and thank you for making some time for us today. So. Allison, typically when we have somebody on the show, one of the first things I always want to talk to them about is their origin, how they got started, what they, you know, how they got to be the person we have in front of them. But today I want to do something a tiny bit different. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we mentioned Allison's Wonderland in the kickoff of, uh, of the interview here today, and which is a, a podcast that folks totally need to go check out and subscribe. I do. I'm a listener. I'm a fan. Go check it out. It's a good one. Um, but when you started your podcast, what was the biggest challenge you discovered with not only its creation, but the sharing of the podcast? Now, one of my favorite sayings, the reason I ask you this, one of my favorite sayings about podcasting is uh, we do this not because it's easy, but because we thought it would be easy. <laughs> That's hysterical. Well, Tim, this show it is more than meets the eye. We just hit our 100th episode. Nice. Um, but even before that, that's of the third or fourth reboot of the show. The show originated in 2009 as a YouTube series, a YouTube web series. Remember web series? That was like- Oh, the, I do, yeah. Um, it was the first of its kind where I interviewed people that worked in animation. Um, we didn't really do video games at that time, but I sat down with show creators, um, writers, people I'd met at Comic-Con, people I was working with, and um, we did about eight episodes or something. They're, okay. they're amazingly cringe. If you want a deep dive on YouTube, um, check them out. They're they're in the archives. I keep them up there for uh, uh, historical purposes only. Yes. Um, but that was the seed, right? We were going to do this thing. I just sure. didn't realize you have to just you have to keep doing it over and over and over. Over again, over again. So uh, maybe in 2010, uh, I rebooted it as an audio-only podcast, and then it came back even another time. Um, you know, hiatus, whatnot. But we rebegan in earnest in 2020, and that was um, when I was sitting around in the pandemic. We launched in September, and I was realizing I had gotten off social media completely. 
which is amazing for creativity and for mental health, but also pretty disconnecting, especially in a global pandemic. So I started the podcast as a way to build community, um, as a way to keep in touch with people. And um, from the beginning, I looked to get an editor and um, help because we know that it is many, many, many hours um, that go into it. So um, my little hobby <laughs> drains drains money every month, and uh, you know it's uh, like yeah. keeps on taking. Um, but yeah, it's it's been. There's also so many joys. I mean, we just hit a thousand on YouTube. Um, season one, we were doing IGTV. And that was actually great. I loved that. But then as an audio podcast, the audio had a lot of interruptions and a lot of like um, people chiming in, which is great for community building. But in the replay, you're like, I don't care who Skull Guy 37 is like, I just want to hear them talk. Right. Um, so the next year, season two, we launched in a studio space that I was renting out and um, that was Real Voice LA and they were great. Um, but it was a little bit more costly because I'd also have to rent the studio. So season three, which we're in right now, I built out my home recording studio. Oops. Excellent. And did I lose you? <laughs> you nope, still I, do, right? I, yeah, I still see and, you. Uh, and that is the corner, the, the famous Alice's Wonderland corner that people come and they hang out in person and we do this in real life which has been um it's been a real joy and we're getting ready to wrap up season three we have about four three more episodes to air and then we're okay. done for the year and then i'm gonna regroup and come back again in like january february fantastic yeah that's great yeah because you know one of the reasons we started our show we out we started in uh, september of 2020 um oh, me too well, yay happy anniversary uh so <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah september 2023 so yeah three years on wow but oh. um yeah so we started this for for a lot of the same reason we you know we were in search of community we were in search of of, of wanting to have a way to communicate and 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 deal with the outside world especially for me having spent so much time in 2020 um with my daughter in the hospital and then coming out of the hospital because we were only out of quarantine for a couple months. Or I mean, out of the hospital for a couple months before we went right into quarantine. Oh, and wow. so, yeah, so that was kind of, kind of an interesting thing for us. So, yeah. So I understand that portion of it very well. And I also understand the whole, uh, my hobby taking my money every month. It's <laughs> a, it's a, it's probably the most, everybody's like, Oh, golf is my most expensive hobby. I'm like, you haven't tried podcasting. Have you? <laughs> I know. And do you, do you edit yourself or do you have people that do you have I have a John for that? Cause, um, so back when I was running my show focused on forward, I, that was an audio only podcast. And I did a few live shows here on YouTube with it. Um, but I did all the audio editing. I can audio edit. No problem. I can, I have, I feel quite adept at that yep. video editing is a whole nother animal. And I just, yeah, I'm glad I have a John for that. And so when John edits this, thank you, John, I owe you beer. So <laughs> that's uh, John is my co-host Kathleen's husband and he does a. We're here, John, you're missing the best interview of the whole month. <laughs> Absolutely. Should have been here, but yeah, so we're, uh, yeah. So that's our, that's our story. That's how we kind of got into it. And we just thought, well, you know what, we'll do this. And, 
you know, we have a, a pretty good sized Facebook group. We thought, you know, we'll, we'll you know, get people involved and, you know, yeah. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun for us. We've been we've been fortunate enough to have some really awesome guests. You know, people like Allison Packard have stopped by every now and then. And <laughs> I've heard good things. Exactly. So, uh, hey, but in describing your podcast, I was looking on your website. Now, you said that uh, it's like, you know, talked about stumbling into a rabbit hole, which yeah. I kind of love the alliteration or, or the illusion rather to, you know, illusion, not illusion. I'll get I'll get my words. If I ever get my numbers and colors down, I'm going to be a real threat. Once I get these words things handled, I'll be much gooder. Um, so, but nice words are just about there's so many of them. There's oh, lots of there's oh, lots man. of words out there. Oh my! <laughs> uh, but that's not the only rabbit hole where people can find out more about you. I found you on YouTube and I subscribed there and I started watching, and that's where I figured out that you had music for me to listen to and not just music but original music uh and one song i really enjoyed in particular is called bloom and um Ew. i love that song that up. that's brand new I, I that was the first time i've ever played it in front of okay people. was that um i just put it up because i was showing uh a booker yeah. some new songs you're not actually supposed to watch that wait till it's good <laughs> oh okay my bad all right wait till she's re-released it to go watch bloom uh but I thought, hey, uh, you have a very enjoyable voice. It's very soft, but it's got a very nice, rich tone to it. It's not just, you know, I, I found over the over the, the years of doing this that a lot of people who are in voice acting are also involved in, in music, mm-hmm. but some aren't some aren't all that good about, at it yet. But some of them, some of you are, and you're one of the ones that is. Um, but you know, because I saw you, you know, you're playing guitar. There was a, a I can't remember the name of the song where I thought my head, but you were playing the ukulele and. And I find that people are either really good at playing the ukulele or they should let somebody else play the ukulele. <laughs> and I thought you did really good. <laughs> but the only thing I didn't like about your video now that I, and well, maybe two things now that I know that I shouldn't have watched it yet, um, was I thought it was unfortunate that the sirens tried to duet with you. <laughs> they were a little off key. But other than that, I, I was, thought it was. I, yeah, it was a backyard house concert and it was just really fun. <laughs> so I sent, I, I uploaded the videos to send them to a booker but they're not yeah they're the light is not the lighting's not great in a i'm gonna be doing a show coming up pretty soon that i will hopefully get some footage from. perfect yeah because i would love to hear another version of that song yeah i, I really enjoyed it the way it was though i you were very you were very clear easy to hear so it wasn't like you know i felt like i was straining to hear your music okay. but but when it comes to your music, where do you draw your inspiration? Is there a, a and is there a song of yours that you feel like, hey, this really represents who I am as a as a musical artist? Well, I have an EP out that's um you can hear on Spotify and anywhere you listen to music. It's called Heartbeat of the Universe. And okay. I think a lot of my inspiration comes from meditation and how I take in the world. Um I kind of write in a variety of styles, actually. I've written some kids' songs. Um, the singer songwriter is sort of my go-to just because I can pick up the guitar and like get a good backing track. Um, but I also love electronic music and I'm working on some, some stuff that's more in that vein, like a indie pop electronica vein. Um, that's not something that I, I, I can, I don't produce music. So that's something I need to collaborate with people on. So the easiest is just to pick it up. But things like, I mean, I think my a lot of my songs fall into the category of bloom where they're really about um, being inspired by the beauty that's around us, offering a positive spin 
on this world, um, coming back to gratitude mm -hmm. or um, personal experiences, personal experiences in heartbreak, personal experiences in self-exploration. Um, I, I write what I know and some of it is, you know, I'll have a thought and that thought will become a song, but a lot of times I'll just be going about my day and a snippet of a song will come through and I just have to stop and listen. And when I do, sometimes I'm rewarded with something that I'm like, I literally had nothing to do with that. You know, I just listened and the yeah. universe whispered it to me. So Heartbeat of the Universe is really about calling that in, that spiritual practice, which for me is songwriting. Okay. Is there a song that you would recommend for people to like to get started or just play the sit down with a good cup of coffee and play the EP? Yeah, the EP is short. It's 25 minutes. Um, let's see. I got hmm, what would be my name? I, I realize this is a bit like asking which child is your favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, One, I have a song. If you're a parent, I would recommend Tiny Hands, Tiny Heart. That's a song about um, my son and just witnessing him grow. And I think parents can really relate to that. Um, if you're in a place where you are feeling heartbroken, I think I want to know is a great song. Um, it's just about that longing for making sense of the end of things. Um, and then there's a song called I'll always be your friend, which is the opening track and the phrase heartbeat of the universe was taken from that song. And I think that is, it's just a really uh, really uplifting song about kind of friendship and loss and time, the transcendence of time and how friendship can exist no matter what, no matter where we are. All right. Very cool. Yeah. I will, uh, I will go check out your EP. Oh, and bigger heart. You know what? You should actually, I, I'm going to, you should go watch the bigger heart music video on YouTube because that okay. one, it was in a couple of film festivals. Um, the animation is so fun. I have five music videos that I produced and directed to go along with that. And Bigger Heart is probably my favorite. The animation is so, so cute. So yeah, go watch it on YouTube. You'll okay. get it. Excellent. Well, we'll put a link into that down in the show notes down below. So people oh, can, can click right down. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, but we'll put that down there because... Uh, I've enjoyed the couple of different songs of yours that I've listened to. Just that the one that I shouldn't listen to is the one that stuck out the most to me. So <laughs> okay. uh, I was just kidding. I was just totally kidding. It's yeah, just such so, a rough. But, no, I I understand. So uh but yeah, that's great. So yeah, guys, go check that out. And like I said, we'll have links to both her Spotify uh EP and her YouTube video or channel down in the show notes down below. Please go check that out. All right. So in something that was kind of interesting, I found that, uh, you know, speaking of what, you know, you said, you know, you kind of listen to what the universe is telling you. And so lately, and, I, and we did this completely without, I, I had no idea this was going to happen when I booked your show for you, for you to come here. Last night, we sat down with an author named Frank Bador. And Frank writes a series of books called The Looking Glass Wars, which cool. is all about Alice in Wonderland. It's no. a revision of the Alice in Wonderland tales. Uh, it's what he deems as the true story of what happened to Alice. And, you know, like the Mad Hatter isn't a bad guy. He's a, a you know, he's this basically a badass bodyguard. And, you know, he's he's a wow. you know, really cool guy and on all this stuff. 
and so I, we talked with him last night and then today we're talking to you and your show is called, you know, Allison's Wonderland. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, I was like kind of re reflecting on that last night after we got done with his interview, I went, isn't that kind of funny? So tomorrow I'm talking with Allison about her show, which is Allison's Wonderland. We talked with Frank about this show, which is talking about the looking glass and all these different things. So one of the things that we talked about, Frank, and I realize I'm completely building a clock here to tell you the time, um, but <laughs> I felt obligated to tell you all of that. Uh, and I'm just curious about this because we talked with Frank about this last night after we got done with his interview. Um, was the effect that Alice in Wonderland, uh, Alice in Wonderland, Wonderhand, oh, Jesus, that's a different movie. It's uh, Wonderhand. Exactly. Right there. It's, it's a good one. Um, but uh, so I'm just curious. We talked with him about the effect that Alice in, uh, Alice in uh, Wonderland, the, the novel by Lewis Carroll, has had on his pop culture life. And so I'm wondering what effect do you feel that because you used the name Alice in Wonderland, was that just a, a cool dink because of the proximity of the name or was there more to it a deeper appreciation of Alice in Wonderland? You know, um, my son and I have read a lot of Alice in Wonderland, but the main thing that I remember is the movie and growing up the Disney movie. And it drove mm -hmm. me crazy. Like it didn't leave me with a very good feeling. The okay. Queen. Well, it was just like a bad acid trip before. <laughs> like, what is, what is going on? You know, it feels like that, uh, a bad dream, you know? Sure. Um, quite a nightmare, but a bad dream. But because my name is A-L-I-C-Y-N, which I don't know if you're going to see it down here or not. I see it down here on my screen. Um, I, I like the idea of what is Wonderland and what would my Wonderland? It would have crazy cakes, yes. Um, there would be some mad people. There would be a dinner party, but I just feel like there wouldn't be a like murderous queen. Probably like her and I would probably get along great. And so I've just always thought like resonated with that moniker and the idea of because it's a play on words, Alice, and my name is uniquely spelled with a C. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I just kind of brought that up, but um, the. Ma uh, Mary Alice, who was the production designer on the Disney version of Alice in Wonderland, her drawings that inspired it before they were totally Disneyfied are really amazing. And every kind of art that embodies um, the the essence of Alice in Wonderland is so creative and so free and so wild um, that I, it's something I really resonate with. And I think that you know with with that artwork, I've been able to have a lot of fun with the brand for seasons two and three. We did like a really cool photo shoot. One, I'm falling through the looking glass and I'm my friend Suzanne Strong photographed that. Falling through the looking glass, hair like flying up in the air. And then I had this amazing um, digital artist named Gare Visuals. He goes by um, on Instagram and online. He made it so magical by using his incredible Photoshop skills to bring in all these different artifacts and objects. And then in the second one, I'm like interfacing with a mushroom. I found there's a photography studio you can rent out on here space around the corner in North Hollywood. And we went there and they had a mushroom and Gare took that one and he made it caterpillar. And so I can't oh, wait cool. to see what we did for season four, but it just brings a lot of fun to the branding. And eventually I want to do 
you know, a rap party or some kind of celebratory event. And that'll just be like such a fun party. Yeah, that'd be very cool. Yeah. It's, um, I haven't started reading the book yet. I just got the book yesterday. Uh, but the first one was called the looking glass wars and it was just a really cool concept on it. And I thought that it's just a, a you know, a kind of one of those cool things where the universe are- brings you this, then the universe brings you this. And then there's like, there's the neat little crossover in the middle. So it's a sign. It's a sign that I need to pay more attention to Alice in Wonderland. What, so, um, what um, grade, grade, or is it for kids, a middle grade, or is it? A, a no, I actually, I don't believe it's YA. I believe it's, uh, I believe it's just a, your, you know, standard adult science fiction, uh, sci-fi fantasy run at something. So I don't believe it's YA though. I could, I could be wrong, but because I had my daughter look into it. My daughter is a huge, uh, voracious reader and oh. just, uh, she's 16. and like last year i think she read 200 she keeps a a list she read like 228 books last year so yeah she just she flies through them but because of her chronic illness she's also an insomniac and she has a hard time sleeping so she's up a lot and so when overnight when you know instead of watching tv she lays in bed and reads on her kindle yeah so but yeah uh yeah so yeah it's just kind of an interesting thing and so I'm, i'm actually looking forward to the book because uh, especially because there's a really cool Star Wars tie-in to the book, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan. But enough about that, because that's not about you. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> back to me. Back to Allison. Back to the person who we're interviewing today, <laughs> not the one we interview. Anyway, so uh, one of the things I love about talking with voice actors in particular uh, is the wide range of, of, of voices that you guys can do. Like, you know, we've had voice actors on who they, they hit the highs and the lows. A lot of that, again, is going back to being musically inclined and being able to handle, you know, all of that. Uh, but especially when it comes to you anime guys, and you do, you do quite a bit of anime as well. You guys have to work with, uh, who was it? I want to say it was, uh, Mick Winger, who, uh, introduced us to the term oh. lip flaps having to deal with the lip flaps mm-hmm. and, and you know getting the timing down and making it look as natural uh, and as you can for the character on screen well, i mean as natural as you can for a, a cat or you know a talking dragon or or whatever it may be at the time so my question here is what techniques have you personally employed when it comes to dealing with the lip flaps to help you be successful and was there any challenges that you personally had to overcome uh, with that aspect of your work I mean, uh, well, I think the first show I dubbed was Poppycat, which is actually a British show. So that was an easy intro. We did two seasons of that. It was a preschool show. So it wasn't, it was like moving kind of slow and kind of like, um, you know, joyful kind of preschool show. So I'm dubbing English to English. Just um, they didn't want British accents. Okay. So. Oh, Poppy, like, oh, Poppycat, where's my blue pearls? And I'd be like, Oh, Poppy Cat, where's my blue pearls? You know? Gotcha. Um, so I think that was like a good intro. Um, when I'm dubbing, I often will like tap my body because what they usually do is they play three beats and then where the fourth beat would go mm-hmm. is when you start talking and then you're talking to picture. So I will sometimes tap, like be like, now, you know? like. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Now I start talking, you know, and then I will as much as possible try to get the line memorized, get it off the page so that when I'm saying the line, I'm looking at my character Um, because 
oftentimes, you know, the line, the script might be here, it might be here, it might be here. In the best case scenario, there's like a karaoke kind of version that they mm-hmm. have for dubbing. I forget what it's called, but the the script is then right at the bottom and there's almost like a bouncing ball. So that's cool. But uh, usually um, when I dub for Crunchyroll or different places like that, the script is sort of underneath the picture. So your eyes can't quite look in two places at the same time. So I'll kind of <laughs> take as much of the, of the line and then, because I want to be focused on the scene and the story when I'm watching it and not just what are the words and what am I playing at? Because when you're fully embodying the character and you're honoring the story, you're not thinking, you try to be in the moment, right? I mean, obviously dubbing specifically, mm-hmm lot of logistics that you need to deal with but you want to kind of be surprised by the organic emotions bubbling up within you so you know um, the great thing about dubbing for that reason is it goes really fast so you'll watch the scene once and be like okay the director is a key important part they will give you the context of the scene what happened before if you haven't been able to watch it um if it's not out anywhere um and then you know your relationships to who's in the characters you kind of process all that and then you watch the scene, and you're, oh, she seems really angry. And then she kind of turns. And so maybe she's like down here and quiet. And then she's shouting. You know, you just take kind of take it all in in like a second. And then they just go right into it. And you do the best you can. And um, I think there's something almost, you know, there's a real metaphysical kind of process to it because you are just so in the moment. You have to be really, really focused on what's happening to stay in the scene so it's kind of like you're just like ah you're in it you know mm-hmm. you're very good now one of the things i love to know about people is what makes them tick now you're getting to see some of it behind me that what makes me tick i'm a huge star wars fan i absolutely adore star wars i've, I've watched it uh for so much in my life kathleen loves if she was here she'd tell you about her love for doctor who and if ben our new co-host was here well, we wouldn't listen to him because he's too new for us to care about his fandoms. Just kidding, Ben. We still love you. Uh, he loves Tolkien and the Power Rangers and, and things like that. But is there a fandom uh, that you love, one that really catches your attention or maybe one that you're just like, man, I wish I could. I, I want to work in that fandom and in, in that universe one day. Yeah, I mean, I got to do a little bit of Star Wars um, for Squadrons, but it'd be really cool to do some more Star Wars. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's so many that I think resonate with people. I would say also, like, I think they need, like, an Indiana Jones animated series. That would be so cool. Um, I would completely watch that. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, um, yes, please. You know, I, I, I mean, a lot of times the stuff I grew up with, too, cartoons and animated shows I grew up with, Nintendo games... Um, stuff that has like that nostalgia is always fun. That's why it's fun being on Rugrats because I'm like, I used to watch this show and now. Oh, hey, sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's a few. Yeah. For me, if I could, and I, we've had a few other different people here from different facets of Star Wars. And I'm just like, I don't need to be in the movie. If I can just hold a water bottle for somebody and, and know that my name was in the, the credits somewhere. I think, I think that would be sufficient. I don't have to be on camera. Nobody has to hear my voice. You know, I just want to know that my name is up there somewhere. And I would be just uh, entirely thrilled with that. You know, that'd Maybe be you can win a raffle or something. 
That's like I mean, it's worth a try, but you know, but you know, so that's one of the things I do like about the show is being able to have people on the show that, that, and talk about their fandoms, you know, where does their nerd flag fly and find out kind of what, because there's, there's so many different things. And you mentioned some of them, you know, some of the shows and things that you watched as a kid and, and being able to talk to um, the voice actors who do those roles and who participated in those things. And, and even, you know, like you talking about being on Rugrats because it was something that you used to watch. I mean, there's that, that that's a really cool emotional tie-in yeah. uh, for, for something that you're doing. So, um, but yeah, so that's, that's cool. I like your answer. I'm, like I said, I'm always looking for what makes people tick. And, and I always love that there's an emotional tie in somewhere where you can go, oh, yeah, there, there, somebody's really invested in that. And I think that that shows up in your work quite a bit more. All right, Allison, one final question. And we started asking this of all of our guests because we thought, you know, as a kid, you get asked this a lot. And then at some point, people just stop asking and we think it's rude. And they, we think you should always be asked this. So Allison Packard. What's your favorite dinosaur? <laughs> well, my favorite dinosaur actually doesn't exist anymore. My favorite dinosaur was the Brontosaurus. Nice. They found out that dinosaur is not actually real. They mixed up the tail and the, and the neck, and it's actually called Nepatosaurus now, and it just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> Bring back the brontosaurus, yo. Right? Yeah, bring back the brontosaurus. Team Bronto. But wait, now Littlefoot doesn't exist anymore? <laughs> Is he? That's sad. Yeah. A whole portion of my childhood just ripped away from me right there. No, and then they took Pluto away. I'm like, listen. Jerks. <laughs> uh. <laughs> what answers have you gotten? Uh, so Tyrannosaurus Rex is, is pretty popular T-Rex because, you know, um, and golly, I don't remember who it was, but somebody said that that was the, uh, they said, we know that it's the pumpkin spice latte of the, of the dinosaur world, but we're going with the pumpkin spice dinosaur and that's the T-Rex, <laughs> which I thought was funny, uh, in particular because you have the, now that I think about it, you're running a pumpkin spice candle. <laughs> but uh yeah t-rex um my favorite is the triceratops always has been i've okay. always liked rhinos and so i've always thought rhinos were really cool and then to have oh. a, a, a dinosaur it was basically a, a triple horned rhino was really cool to me as a kid so oh. um but i've always liked them um allosaurus we got a couple times uh velociraptors we got a couple yeah, times velociraptor made popular yeah. by jurassic park Right, which is not what they actually look like, but we'll, that's a whole nother conversation oh. for a whole nother time. That's uh, because the true Velociraptor is much smaller and it would, wouldn't have been as scary for the, you it's know. Smaller than that. Yeah, it's one of those things I learned about because I said we were talking about Velociraptors with somebody and I was given an education. I was like, oh, well, okay then. So I learned something that day, but... All right. Well, hey, Allison, uh, I want to say thank you for being on our show and thank you for for putting up with me as a solo interviewer and all the hassle that that came along with it, because apparently I need my co-host here to help me manage my words and my ability to speak. But exactly. Uh, but hey, uh, where can our listeners and followers go to find out more about you, your shows, your work, everything you've got going on? Uh, well, I'm probably most active on Instagram and it's at Allison, A-L-I-C-Y-N. 
Um, I also uh, dabble on TikTok. It's at Allison Packard. If anybody knows the person that has just Allison, she's not even on TikTok anymore. So, you know, let her know. I want that username and see if we can make that happen. Um, and then YouTube, uh, my podcast is at Allison's Wonderland and my personal account is at Allison Packard. Um, right, yeah, cool. and in LA, I'm going to be doing a music show at Hotel Cafe and I'm actually teaming up with a couple other voice actors bands. Um, there's a band called Honey Pig, which is a trio of voice actresses. Debbie Derryberry, who's best known as the voice of Jimmy Neutron. Mm -hmm. and Laura. Um, Brenna Larson, who is one of the Care, Bear, uh, Care Bearers. Yeah. And also is on Genshin Impact. And Stephanie Sutherland, who's also on Genshin Impact. So um, their band is going to be playing. I'm going to be playing. And then we're also featuring a band called the Brems, and they're a Dallas-based band. And um, the singer, Stephanie um, Young, is the, she plays Nico Robin in One Piece. So we have an Very epic cool. that's going to be out this year or maybe next year at this point. Um, so it's really fun to team up with them. And it's called Voices Unplugged. I'm trying to make it sort of an, a recurring thing. So if it goes well, we'll be back. Very cool. All right. Well, we'll make sure that, that your social links and your YouTube link, uh, and you know, and we'll put a link for your Spotify EP down in the show notes below. I want to remind you guys that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to help our show continue to grow and convince um, my co-host to come back and not leave me alone anymore. Uh, but also I want to make sure that you go check out Allison's work. She's got some amazing stuff out there. Yeah, her music on YouTube, go check it out. And and her EP on, on Spotify, really blown away by by the quality of her voice. The tone of her voice is outstanding. Uh, but if for whatever reason, you are not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That, of course, is Chief Tulio from Ratchet and Clank. Send your complaints and your meal orders to Chef Tulio. And uh, if she likes you and your complaint, I'm sure that this sweet chef, along with her sous chefs, will make you something good to eat. But keep in mind that that knife actually cuts both ways. She may give us and the rest of the miners food that makes us sick to our stomachs, just as our jokes have worked for you. But she can also send that food, that bad food, to you as well, if you complain too much, if you know what I mean. So that all depends on how much time you want to spend in the bathroom, if you catch our drift. So whether you're going to be nice or you're going to spend some extra time in the uh, outhouse. But either way, we're sorry that we annoyed you with our show, but hey, if you made it to this point in the show, it's really on you, isn't it? All right, guys. Allison, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Awesome. Have a great day, Tim. All right, guys. And that's going to conclude us for the FSF podcast. Goodbye. Copyright 2023 FSF podcast. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by FSF Podcast. The views expressed by the guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at info at fsfpodcast.com. Original music by Jordan Michaels.